I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Who doesn't love a good old-fashioned U.S. Capitol insurrection, Pat? Because one apparently happened yesterday. Oh, and while that was going on, they still couldn't figure out how to uh, get a Speaker of the House. Does it matter? Dysfunction? Whatever. We're going to talk all about that. And then, of course, uh, it's Thursday, so we've got our weekly NFL and Big Ten college football picks coming your way. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni, and you are tuned in to Critical Thinking. Oh, are you okay? Yes, I'm. I'm fine. Why? Because I'm verklempt. I'm on the verge of tears. You're what? I'm on the verge of tears. Why? Our democracy was attacked yesterday. What? Uh, how? Anti-Semitic, pro-Palestinian. They, weren't they, they all arrested? They stormed the Capitol and did a protest. Weren't they all arrested? No. <laughs> Why not? And, uh, I can't take it, Pat. I just can't. What? Why? Wait, what's what's the matter? This is the worst thing we've seen since January sixth, which is worse than nine eleven. Um, Andrew. Yes. Our democracy, um, Pat. I don't think I've seen you cry this much since Wisconsin lost to my Buckeyes last year. <laughs> you didn't see me during that Wisconsin Iowa game last <laughs> But in all seriousness, folks, um storming the Capitol, <clears throat> occupying the rotunda during official business while they're electing the Speaker of the House. Um, I was told all of the above, right? With the exception of the Speaker of the House part was, and they were doing the Senate uh, voting, right? On January 6th to certify the election, right? 
Yeah. I was I was told all of those elements meant that this was an insurrection. I, I'm still failing to see how. Did they how take what? anything over? Yeah, the the capital. They literally took the capital over, Pat. They did a sit-in in the rotunda of the capital. How? But how is a sit-in an insurrection? Pat. Yeah. We have somebody in jail for seven months for meme posting online about Hillary Clinton. We have a 71-year-old grandmother serving seven years in prison. Yeah. For Um, taking a selfie while walking uh through while the Capitol Police said, keep moving. We have somebody in prison for seven years for that right now. So... That was an insurrection, uh, according to the left. So, unequality and injustice for all? Um, inequality and justice. Wait. Yeah, that's what I'm No, saying. it would be yeah, no. inequality and selective justice. Justice for yeah. all. For all, uh-huh. Somehow that doesn't ring up. That doesn't work. It, the alliteration of that, it, it's it's funky and clunky. Oh, wait, it wasn't it equality and justice for all? That's what it was supposed to be. Now, but the good were... news is the Capitol Police did arrest a few of these insurrectionists yesterday. Uh-huh. Because, hey, I'm just using... If we're going to play this game... I'm using the left's definition of insurrection. And, by the way, Pat, part and parcel to this is that Rashida Tlaib was a ringleader of all of this. It, wait a minute. So these were pro-Palestinian protests. And Rashida Tlaib, who is a congresswoman, supposedly, from the not-so-great state of Michigan, and I'm not saying that because of, you know, Ann Arbor. I'm saying that because of, uh, they, they have a Gretchen Whitmer problem, and amongst others. Be careful, Pat. Be careful. You could go to jail for seven months. Careful. All, all I'm saying here. Oh, that wasn't a meme. It was your speech. So we might be. Oh, oh wait. Well, no, I mean, can't do that either. Yeah. Well, the, what? Where? Where do her allegiances lie? Is it? Is it with America or is it with Palestine? Because if it's with Palestine, why isn't she over there? I mean, to be fair, she is Palestinian American. Look, I, I. I I understand, but, you know, if you're going to represent on some level the United States. Mm -hmm. Now, I would suggest this. You have every right outside the steps of the Capitol or the Cannon Office Building or whatever you want want to call it, outside of official government offices. Mm -hmm. You have every right to, to do what you want. She sure. hangs the Palestinian flag out in front of her office every single day. That's her free speech right, right? Sure. 
I, I I would defend that right. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with her speaking. I have no problem with her protesting. Here's the problem I do have. You led an insurrection. According to your own definition. Both to say it's by their own standards. By your own standards. You should be censured. You should be removed from office. And you should go to jail. And by the way, the group that held the event, right, was Jewish Voices for Peace. You might say, wait, what? Pro-Palestinian? But it says Jewish Voices for Peace. <laughs> well, um, their website tells that they are part of the Global Palestinian Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions Movement, the BDS movement, which by its founders' admission and tenets seeks to end Israel as a Jewish and democratic state. Jewish Voices for Peace are saying Jews and the democratic state of Israel shouldn't exist? Huh. That's weird. I I just... I mean, some of the protesters holding signs yesterday, blaming Hamas for firing rockets is like blaming a woman for punching her rapist. What what exactly did did Israel do to warrant such a heinous attack? What what well, did they well, do to deserve terrorism? Well, they're occupying foreign land, Pat. And they're creating an open-air prison for the Palestinian people. So your your logic is to kill people, innocent people, because you're pissed at the Israeli government? Well, if you were a person who was basically in prison... And under occupation, shouldn't you have the right to uh, defend yourself? Now, I'm not going to get into all of that. That's what they would say, okay? I'm not going to go there. I don't want to go there. What I want people to realize is this. We just watched people storm the Cannon Office Building, right? Not just the Capitol, but the Cannon Office Building. Do a sit-in for pro-Palestinians. Now, as conservative radio host Jason Rance posted on X yesterday, the only connection to Judaism members from Jewish Voice for Peace have is their parents. They're attempting to use Judaism, right, as a cudgel. See, we're about peace and we're pro-Palestinian. See, we can all come together. Um, 
how many times do we have to say this to these types of people, Pat? This is what I don't understand, the self-immolation. The very people that you're protesting for, for their um, quote-unquote freedom, would just assume murder you tomorrow, today, and yesterday. Why? Because your parents would be Jewish, meaning you are Jewish. Super smart, right? None of these people are practicing Jews. None of them are culturally Jewish. They're using that identity as a cudgel. Is it any wonder, Pat, why we also have seen now pictures from inside Gaza that depict George Floyd as a martyr? Huh? What? Right. You didn't see that, Pat? Yeah, there's tons no, of it. I didn't on, see that. Uh, go no, I go on, not. go on X. Go over on X and you'll see it. There are literally there are literal murals, multiples of them, in remembrance of George Floyd. Again, what have I said all the time about this? Why do we see the pro Hamas, pro Palestinian, free Palestine, BDS? Why? The birds of the same feather flock together. Every part of this is Marxist in its nature. Every part of it. Now, did they attack the physical U.S. Capitol? No, but it was the Cannon office building, which houses what? Lots of offices for whom? Representatives of the United States of America. And... Where did some of the quote-unquote insurrectionists of January 6th end up, Pat? The Cannon Office Building. Yeah. And they were charged for entering the Cannon Office Building. So, now, here's the good news in this. Some of these individuals were arrested. But I want to know. First of all, have you ever seen the rain? Because that was going through my head. But um, um, beyond that, Pat, I want to know, uh, are the D.C. Um, prosecutors going to charge them with uh, seditious conspiracy, insurrection, um, coordinated RICO, right? Are, are, are we going there? Because I'm pretty sure you can prove that this was a coordinated effort, also a coordinated effort with members of Congress. That's the part that bothers me on this more than anything else is the culpability of our own Congress people. I'm sorry, this type of a stunt, because that's what this really was, obviously, should never be allowed inside of the U.S. Capitol, the Cannon Office Building. You want to do that outside the Capitol, on Capitol grounds, have at it, Hoss, right? You want to sit in and, and right on the steps of the Capitol, go for it. The second you walk inside the Capitol, you, you, you've entered a different ball game. I'll bet you 20 bucks it doesn't happen. Yeah, I bet you $20 they're all released on their own recognizance and they never appear in court and they're given like a $750 fine for um, for disorderly conduct or something. Something. 
if that, if that. I want every single one of these people to feel what it was like to be a January 6th-er. That's what I want. Why? Because this is exactly the same thing. In fact, this is actually worse. They attempted to occupy. These individuals on January 6th, vast majority of them, got in, took a picture, went out. They weren't there to occupy I would also argue this is worse because, you know, you actually have representatives involved with this. And it was pre-planned. The vast majority of the people involved in January 6th, that was a very spontaneous moment. There was nothing spontaneous about this. This was planned. This was coordinated. And somebody allowed them into this building. And whom was that somebody? I mean, I'm going to guess go, it was Rashida Tlaib. That's going to be yeah. my guess. I would even go as far as to say that this was pretty anti-American, too. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I would go that far, but um, I, I just struggle with that. Was, how is this any different than what was done on January 6th? How? Oh. It wasn't about uh, stopping the election of a president. What what else was going on while this was happening, Pat? The election of the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House, yeah. That that that's what was going on here. So don't give me that. Did they care about the election of the Speaker of the House? No, but that's not the point. You eru- interrupted official government business to do so. Now, speaking of hilarious uh, Democrats here, because uh, Ilan Omar, one of the squad alongside Rashida Tlaib, has been one of the worst in Hamas propaganda spreading, right? Well, yeah. And we got to go here real quick because we need to talk about, um, well, I'm going to save most of this, but... You know the initial reports out of out of uh, that conflict a couple days ago were oh my god five hundred people dead at a hospital in Gaza City right and right. Uh, <coughs> and there's a fight going on over who launched the rocket and who killed whom Rashida Tlaib and AOC and Ilan Omar were the worst of the offenders of of spreading the Hamas propaganda, right? She promoted the false claim on X to her nearly 3 million followers that bombing a hospital is among the gravest of war crimes. The IDF reportedly blowing up one of the few places the injured and wounded can seek medical treatment and shelter during a war is horrific. POTUS needs to push for an immediate ceasefire to end this slaughter. Omar then promoted a post from the Associated Press that stated breaking the Gaza Health Ministry says at least 500 people killed in an explosion at a hospital that it says was caused by an Israeli airstrike. What what did she do? Well, um, this is her response to, oh, none of that was true. Quote, our office cited an AP report yesterday that the IDF had hit a Baptist hospital in Gaza. Since then, the IDF denied responsibility, and the U.S. intelligence assessment is that this was not done by Israel. 
It is a reminder that information is often unreliable and disputed in the fog of war, especially on Twitter where misinformation is rampant. She continued, We all have a responsibility to ensure information we are sharing is from credible sources and to acknowledge as new reports come in. She didn't retract her claim. She didn't delete the, the post. She didn't offer an apology for getting it wrong, right? Or stepping on the jump to conclusions, Matt. She claims that, well, you know what I'm going to call for? A fully independent investigation to determine conclusively who is responsible for this quote-unquote war crime. She still doesn't understand a very key component of this that we're going to get into in a little bit. What the hell is going on? That's for me that should be a censure in the in the House of Representatives. You're promoting terrorist propaganda. Shit. But is it any surprise given whom she is? She doesn't care about the law. That's been very clear from the get-go. Otherwise, why did you marry your brother or allegedly marry your brother? to gain U.S. citizenship. Anyway, the point of all of this is these people are not on the side of us at all. Now, Pat, I got a quick question for you. Um, dysfunction or... This is how it's supposed to work as we watch vote number three likely to happen today in the race for the Speaker of the House. With Jim Jordan losing two votes yesterday, he had 20 votes against him yesterday and or two days ago and, and 22 yesterday. How many votes did McCarthy go through? It was 13. Yeah. At least? Yeah, it was 13. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say this is dysfunction simply for the fact that initially people were holding on to McCarthy. Then they removed McCarthy because he wasn't upholding his end of the deal to be speaker. And then, um, then you're trying to replace him with Jim Jordan, who honestly would be a much better fit for speaker than than McCarthy especially if you are of the conservative persuasion supposedly right um 94% why, lifetime liberty score yeah yeah uh well i wasn't talking about him supposedly i was talking about others voting for him if, if supposedly being conservative like why wouldn't you want that as speaker but anyway um this is dysfunction simply for the fact that they can't coalesce. They, I mean, you're supposed to have a, a party that is coalescing around certain issues um, to be able to be fighting for certain principles and values. And, and what exactly is it right now that the GOP is fighting for? What is their plan with 
the holdout with Jim Jordan in terms of Speaker of the House. Why? I, I, I would like to know that answer. What is the plan? This is why voting out McCarthy to begin with was a bad idea because there was no plan. It wasn't the fact that they voted out McCarthy. I was all for this. But they voted McCarthy out with no plan. Mm -hmm. So you have no plan. What exactly are the results that your constituency can expect from you? What is it that you are doing right now that as we look forward, you know, to next year in an election year that is going to get you all reelected and also potentially gain seats in the House? What, what exactly is the plan? Because I'm not seeing one. That's the problem here. So. I see your point, and I totally agree that there's a lot of dysfunction, but I also happen to believe that this is how this is supposed to work. In in so much as, should you not be free and independent to vote the way that you want? Now, over time, have we figured, quote-unquote, figured the system out? Supposedly, right? Like, hey, by the way, let's go in conference and, and get this crap figured out behind the scenes first, and then let's go in front of the cameras, right? Now, at a very low level, having being a board member here in the building and, and things like that that I've got going on, I see all that stuff happening behind the scenes and then happens in front of the public, right? Um, right. But it's never the way that you think it is. Right, like all of a sudden a, a decision is predetermined behind the scenes and we're just doing this for show. Actually, no. That that's really not how this happens because that would be illegal. Can you whip up votes? Can you you know, hey, this person is pledging support for this and this person is wishy washy, blah, blah, blah. That's a very different thing, whipping votes and, and all of that, versus we're just gonna grind the machine behind the scenes and then we're just going to play it out in front of the people that that's those are two different things um for me the dysfunction comes from to your point not having a plan and this is a much deeper issue than Matt Gates not figuring out what the next step was right like where okay so if we execute plan A What's step number two on that plan, right? Like, hey, we know what step one is. Cross the Rubicon. Then what? You, you have to know what the then what is. You've got to have step one and step two, okay? But it is a much broader issue because I we've said this forever on this program. What is the plan from the Republican Party period. What is the platform? What do they stand for? Period, point blank. I can't tell you that. I don't know what that answer is. Do you? I do not. What, what is their plan to deal with that? What is their plan to deal with this? The, what is the, the coalescing message? And I will say this, for the Democrats, for all the things that I disagree with them on, the one thing that we can see is that 
there's much more broad unification of the message. Now, you can make an argument, well, doesn't that speak to how far left or whatever the party has gone? Yeah, you're right. You are right on that. And and doesn't it speak to the broader big tent version of the Republican Party? Actually, no. Because there's a difference between having a broad big tent and having no plan. Could you say that within that broader big tent that there are more conservative people, there are middle of the road, and there are just rhinos? Right. That's what yeah. exists in the mix. But do the rhinos agree with the broader points of a conservative plan? Turns out, no. That's the problem that is playing itself out. And I think it's okay. I think it's okay for that to be working itself out publicly. Hear me out on this. Because one way or the other, we know which way the Republican Party's wind is actually blowing heading into the 2024 election. It also speaks volume to Jim Jordan has been endorsed by Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, uh, Donald Trump, as a coalition, as a coalescing candidate, do you think Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan totally get along and agree? No. No. Do you think that Steve Scalise wouldn't want the position of Speaker of the House? Actually, yeah, he does. But he's bowing down, or stepping down, I should say, and bowing out because it's time for maybe somebody of a more conservative ilk, and let's not have the fight over who's more conservative or less conservative. Let's just get a conservative. Okay, if you as the conservatives are coalescing, or like the more conservative are coalescing around Jim Jordan, let's go for it. That's what he's saying. I'm, I'm going to extend the olive branch out there. And by the way, broadly, I agree on 90%, right? It turns out, that we don't have leaders. We don't have people who think two steps ahead. That includes Matt Gates. That includes Kevin McCarthy. That includes all of the people that are involved in this, with the exception, I think, of Jim Jordan. But even Jim Jordan, Pat, what is his plan? I don't know. I don't know. That's the problem in all of this, to speak to your point of dysfunction, is that Jim Jordan should be able to articulate a plan Jim Jordan should be able to speak to the American people and say, hey, this is my plan. And how do you apply that pressure to the now 22 people who, who don't vote for you? You apply that pressure saying, how do you not support this plan? Not even about the man. He has a plan that he wants to execute. And I think the other thing is that we are placing way too much emphasis on this. Personally, I'm okay with the dysfunction and chaos because it does it because it means what? Else, the American people are not about to be screwed. I'm okay with it. Now, the dangerous part is we are coming up with appropriation bills. We are coming up to some very important and key moments because, well, it turns out the the actual functioning of our government and the services that government is providing to people on a broader scale are about to be affected. We're talking about people who depend on social security, right? And whether you agree or disagree with that as a promise, right, going forward, the people who are currently on it deserve it. That's the reality, 
okay? You can disagree with whether or not government should be providing it. It's there. We, we have to cut those checks. We have to cut the checks to the military. We should be cutting the checks to basic services. And this dysfunction can't continue very much longer. It should be good for it to be playing out because we need to work it out. We need to work those kinks out. I, I just, here's the here's my ultimate rub in this. Nobody seems to want to step up to the plate, and Jim Jordan kind of pull, pushed himself as, you know what, okay, fine, I'll do it. Nobody seems to want to step up to the plate and be a leader. Nobody has real leadership in that it, capability in that house. Nobody. There isn't a single per- For all the things that you hate about Nancy Pelosi, she was the ultimate bully pulpit, right? Yes, she was. I, I would suggest she was a good leader for her caucus and for her. I wouldn't say that she was a good leader for broadly America. But for her agenda and for her ideals, Absolutely. Sure. She was able to lead on that agenda. Now, she's back crap crazy and insane. But but that's but, but here's the point that I was trying to make. It's it's not that we're going through multiple votes that I have a problem with. I don't ha- necessarily have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with we're going through multiple votes with no plan. Yep. Yep. Like it would be different if hey, by the way, um okay, I need I need to flip three people. Like here's the plan, right? Here's the plan. Go out and vote your conscience in round one, right? Let's see where, sure. let's put the chips on the table. And then we go behind closed doors so that on Tuesday, right, when we have vote number two, I've flipped 18 of them, right? Okay, cool. So what is it going to take? Here's what my plan is. Can you get behind that? And here's the here's the point of the plan, right? If, if the answer is you can't do that, there's got to be a secondary option. Okay, so, so here's the thing. To the 22 that are holding out, who are you? Somebody voted yesterday for John freaking Boehner. This is how unserious we are, right? That, that's the point that I'm trying to make is that we are unserious. We have no plan. We don't know where we're going. And it is indicative of the broader problem of the of of the Republican party because it doesn't know who it is, what it is, what it is actually about and whom it's going to represent. And frankly, this is maybe this is another nail in the coffin of the GOP, this entire scenario. And I'm okay with it, but it's going to create chaos, which also I'm okay with. And what comes out the backside of it? Could it be that we have four parties, Pat? that kind of have some major, we have the Democrats, the Greens, the Libertarian, or and then some vestige of uh, the GOP somehow? Sure, good. Could we Possible. see the Conservative Party, the Libertarian Party, the um, Conservative whatever, or whatever they want to call the remnants of the rhinos, right? And then the Democratic Party. Sure. What are we doing? Like, where are we going? Show us some leadership. Somebody, anybody, 
The fact that nobody has figured out a path to, hey, I can get those 22 people behind me. Let's go this direction. Like, who is that? Is that Byron Donalds? I think it could be. That's the guy I would like to see in this position because he seems to be pretty level-headed, but also a principled individual. I don't understand why we're not coalescing around that guy if we're if we're the GOP. I, I just don't. Look, if it's not Jim Jordan, then who, right? So here's what I, because speak to your point of that we are wholly unserious here. I mean, California Democratic Representative Brad Sherman suggested George W. Bush be speaker. That's how unserious we are. Mm-hmm. Are, yep. are, are you kidding me? Yeah, this speaks to dysfunction, but also this is kind of how this is supposed to work. That's the reality is that we have seen the fake version of this for our entire lifetime, basically, right? Like, let's go into the secret ballot caucus and figure it out first and then play it out in front of the people. Actually, no, let's play it out in front of the people. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that kind of chaos and dysfunction because it does represent a lot of reality. And people need to... The only thing that I wonder about this is is the thing that I don't understand from the GOP perspective on this is how many months do we have? We have basically, what, 11 months or 10 months or six months of of actual, actually, it's probably about six to seven months of actual work that the House of Representatives will be doing before the 2024 election, right, Pat? Something like that, yeah. So what's the risk? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Just get it done. That, that's kind of where I'm at. Just get it done and let's move forward. You've got six months of Jim Jordan being the Speaker of the House. How much damage could he possibly do to you? Oh, well, but but I barely hung on. Okay, well. Given the fact that the GOP has a slim majority in the House as it is, probably not much. And guess what? We had somebody who was running for the nomination for the GOP uh, Senate, the, the Senate um, candidate in Florida, who yesterday, because of the flip of the vote, literally put out an announcement. I think it was, was it Garcia? I forget who it was in Florida. There was a representative who flipped from Jordan to anti-Jordan, okay? A person who was seeking the GOP nomination for Senate in Florida, okay? Flipped 
and said, hang on, hold up, wait a minute. Nope, not doing that. Um, now I'm challenging you because <laughs> I live in your district. I'm now challenging you for your spot. And that's the, that's the pressure that needs to be put on these people. I'm going to primary your ass. And the only thing I look at the Democrats and say is, damn, they knew who they are. It's yeah. socialist. It's antithetical to the vast majority of the American ideal. But at least they know who they are. And they have a plan. They've enunciated that plan time and time again. And we're just literally slowly cutting ourselves over on the other side. Dumb. But we deserve the leaders that we are getting because they are a reflection, they a reflection of us, as we've said many, many times. We're not interested in, in real leadership. We're not interested in, in real conversation. We're interested in the memes, the posting on X, the whatever. But that's what we're really interested in. We're not interested because, in being serious people for a very serious time. Because we're, we're one meme away from uh, flipping an election, Andrew. From winning the that, cultural war, funny, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're one meme away. All right. So from that to the wholly unserious world of sports, Pat, because this week has got to be the worst week in both the NFL and the Big Ten. I, I don't I don't I, I disagree about the I mean, it's close. Don't get me wrong. N- name but name like more than two three. games that matter in the NFL this week. You can't. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't. But but what I'm saying is, in in terms of like the Big Ten, week three, if we, we go went back to week three, that I think that would be up there too. Okay, in in Big yeah. Ten only games. Okay, big okay, Big Ten only games. Then you, there's one game that matters. That's it. Right, that's a problem. Yeah, when you're supposed to be a big time conference, right? When you're supposed yeah. to be this. Uh, it's not just the conference of two. And now, yes, you are catching Washington on its upswing, but here's the rub with that, right? You're gonna Michael Penix Jr. won't be there next year. So Right. What about Washington? UCLA? Okay. Does it really hold? Right? Like I'm looking at this from the perspective of uh you you expect those four to fill big time game slots and and that's no guarantee. Now, Oregon seems to be a team that has been able to be a very steady top 10 team, top 15 team, you know, Is over Bo the last gonna be there next year, 10, though? 15 years. Is Bo Nix going to be there next year? I don't think he is, is he? No, but but they've been able to steady that ship. They have not been True. like a That's yo-yo, you know, they haven't yo-yoed themselves like UCLA can, like a USC has in the past, by the way. I mean, and so, I was going to say, Depending on what Caleb Williams does. Well, I think he's gone too. I, I really yeah, do. Yeah, probably. Um, it, especially if he wins the Heisman, but I don't see that happening this year. I just don't. Uh, after last week? No way. N- no way, no how. All right. Yeah. That all being said, uh, 
fixing the problem of marquee matchups when you look at the SEC, right? When you've got like three to four of them every single week. Yeah. You should be able to count on your Wisconsin's. Your I here's the problem: the Wisconsin's, the Iowas, right now are just not that great. And no. Iowa is really hard to watch. Period. Point blank. And it has nothing to do with I don't like defensive football because I do. What I don't like is that offense is god freaking awful. They, they pass for thirty-seven yards against Wisconsin, Pat. Thirty-seven, and they still won that game. Yeah, they won it because of one play. That's how good their defense is. One play. Yeah. They they ran it. They they had a a play. And by the way, it was a absolute mistake by Wisconsin's defense. It had nothing to do with a great play design and run. It had everything to do with Wisconsin's middle linebackers didn't understand their assignments correctly on that play. If you watch it from the backside, you see both the safety and the middle linebacker go to the same spot. That's how that play happened. If the safety reads where the linebacker is going or the linebacker goes to the correct area and the safety plugs the other side like he is supposed to, that play goes for four yards. Instead, it went for 82 in the game. Now, all of that notwithstanding, I say we start with um, the Big Ten and get, the, get this over with. Okay. So this week, we've got the mighty Rutgers and Indiana matchup. Uh, Indiana at home. Rutgers, for me, is their one win away from bowl eligibility, folks. One win, I believe, away from it. Yeah, it's got to be six games. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Schiano for me could be in line for coach of the year. I, I really think that because it's kind of been a most improved team type of a situation. I still think the winner of the big 10 East is likely for me that the, the coach of the year, uh, because you've got your three best programs, arguably your four best programs in that division in yeah. Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan, and Maryland. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I think you Rutgers, might make a case that Iowa them. could be your fourth, but here's the problem. Iowa's got no offense. But with that being said, Rutgers in Indiana for me, um, Rutgers at home is a very different animal than Rutgers on the road for some reason, and it's been that way for a while. But Greg Schiano has that program going in the right direction. Um, Tom Allen does not have Indiana going in the right direction. They They don't know who they are. And I think uh, this might be the end of the road because Rutgers is going to stomp Indiana. Yeah, I think I think this is Tom Allen's last year. I don't think he's coached next year at all. Yeah. Um I I I totally like Rutgers in this matchup. Um you're right. Indiana has especially on offense, they have no idea. The, the best offense they had was when Michael Penix Jr was still there. Yep. Um and and Indiana was actually a a very solid team that, yeah. that could upset people, but they haven't been that way since. Right. And so, and Rutgers has been on the up and up since Greg Schiano took over. So Rutgers all the way in this. All right. Then we're going to move on to um, a two thirty matchup. Wisconsin taking on Illinois in Champaign. Uh, my vote for mis- most disappointing program is Illinois. Um, Wisconsin. In this game, you've got to watch for the health of Braylon Allen, the running back. They're also starting uh, Braden Locke, a redshirt freshman, at quarterback. Uh, Tanner Mordecai broke his hand 
in that loss to Iowa. He hit it on a helmet, uh, throwing the ball. And um, I think you're going to see a more realistic version of where Wisconsin wants to go on offense because what we've seen is kind of this power run game, right, with Tanner Mordecai being able to kind of supplement Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi with the run game, and then they might pass the ball here and there, you know, blah, blah, blah. They passed the ball 50 times against Iowa. Why were they doing that? Well, one, because they were behind, but two, Braden Locke is a different quarterback than Tanner Mordecai. He doesn't, he's not a run-first quarterback. He's not going to beat you with his legs. It's his arm and his head that will beat you. Um, you're going to see more of the North Carolina offense, right, that, that Phil Longo w- was hired to bring over. Okay, that true air raid offense. Um, Illinois' defense is a shadow of what it was last year, an absolute shadow, and I'm shocked by that. Not because I, not because it's like okay, well, yeah, you lost a ton of players. I get it, but Brett Bielema has always been about next man up, next man up, next man up. Yeah. Right, always has yeah. been, and always has been a very developmental type of a of a coach. And I'm shocked that this is year three and they've got so many holes. Um, Luke Altmeyer has been terrible at quarterback. Uh, they don't have a run game really. Um, I think Wisconsin wins a close one in this one. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they game plan with this different quarterback in place. Um, and how they handle Braylon Allen's fragility, if you will, because he has had shoulder issues last week, ankle issues last couple of weeks. How healthy is he really? And there's nothing behind him. So I I got to go Wisconsin on this one simply from they've shown more on defense, right? I mean, they held Iowa to 37 yards, uh, 250 yards of total offense, period, amen. And they gave up outside of that big play. So they gave up 13, was it 13 points? Yeah, they gave up 13 points to Iowa. Illinois and Iowa are kind of similar in terms of its production on offense for me. Mm. Uh, See, I'm going to disagree here, and I'm actually going to go with Illinois in a close one. Mm. Um, The only reason I say that, not to say that I I don't hope that your Badgers win, because I do, Um, but... I'm going with Illinois simply for the fact that look at what they did last week against Maryland. And that, that, that shocked me. I didn't see that one coming. I thought Maryland would, would win that game by, you know, one or two scores, but I, you know, this is at home for Illinois. Mm -hmm. That was on the road last week at Maryland. (coughs) And, and with the injury with Braylon Allen, um, and Tanner Mordecai, I I, I just think you have some key injuries that are going to keep you from, getting to where you want would want to be in this game. Therefore, I'm going to Illinois in a close one by about a score. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little I was a little surprised by that Illinois upset last week, but I yeah. think that's a flash in the pan moment. Um that was Maryland's like bugaboo mm-hmm. game if you will. Um all right. I, but so but Illinois I was going to say Illinois, I mean, I'm I'm shocked they are not in contention for the Big 10 West. I mean, they could be after a couple of game key games here, but 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you gotta have Iowa. Not as, you gotta have Iowa not better than what they are. Yeah. You have to have Iowa losing multiple games at this point. But speaking yeah. of that, um, we're gonna move forward to the battle for Floyd of Rosedale. That's right, Iowa, Minnesota, in a absolute grudge match uh, between these two programs. They hate each other. Not so much as Iowa and Wisconsin hate, but respect each other because of their kind of shared ethos, if you will. <coughs> but literally, Minnesota, Iowa hate each other. Um, in this matchup, uh, Minnesota three and three, Iowa six and one. I don't know who shows up, but I do know this: Iowa at home. I'm not betting against them. Um, yeah, I wouldn't bet against them at home either. Yeah, I think Iowa wins another really ugly, ugly contest. Yeah, I, 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 don't I would bet either. that this game does not. I I would want. I wonder. Can you look this up real quick for me, Pat? The over under yeah. on this game. The I'm over, guessing the over-under under on this game is is maybe 23 and a half. Nope, it's 31.5. Yeah, uh, 31 and a half, so we're talking like 15, 17, 14-ish in that range. Okay, that's fair enough. I would guess that neither team ends up in the 20s. Yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment. Too. But I, I, I believe that Iowa has the horses to get the job done. Uh, Minnesota's defense has not been stellar um so that's where i'm going with that well their their offense isn't that great either i mean their quarterback six and six in terms of tds and interceptions so right 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 yeah yeah also one of the hardest names to pronounce in in all i, I can't even say it so don't even ask me are you sure yeah don't just don't oh come on it's no, athen caliac manis Nope, not, not, not even going to try. Say Kaliak Manis with me. Let's just move on. All right, we are going to move on because I think we're both going Iowa in this game, and it's pretty obvious. Mm. Now, the the most intriguing matchup outside of the big-time matchup for me is who the hell are either one of these teams for real? Because we get Northwestern going to Nebraska, a matchup of three and three programs. That's right. Northwestern is three and three on the season. Now, I, I told you this. What we need to know is, and what you need to know is, Northwestern has lost three games to um, teams that are actually in the Power Five, right? And in those games, they have managed eleven point three points a game. In the other three games that they won, they averaged 32.6 points a game. Who the hell are the real Wildcats of mighty Northwestern? We're about to find out. That's what we're about to find out, is who they really are. Because uh, equally, Yo-Yo has been Nebraska. And these games, by the way, historically speaking, between these two programs, have been batshit crazy. Like, some of the craziest endings, some of the craziest moments, catches, uh, calls from officials, uh, up by 10 points but lose within the last five minutes moments. Like, some of the craziest things you have ever seen in the Big Ten, at least in recent memory, have come from this game. Who you got? I'm going Nebraska by a score. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Nebraska by like four points in this game. Um, yeah. I just at home, I think that's the advantage here. I I don't trust either one of these programs to know enough not, as to what not, the hell's not. gonna happen in this game. Other than my guess is that both teams play mediocre football at best. I mean, <clears throat> Nebraska beat Illinois a couple of weeks back, whenever that was. Yep. Um, All right. But yeah. Let's move forward because we got the battle of Big Brother versus Little Brother quite literally this year. We've got Michigan-Michigan State, which was supposed to have been at some point in time a marquee matchup, and, and at one point in time back like 10 years ago it was. Not so much anymore. Uh, this is pretty damn easy for me. I don't care about this being a rivalry game. Michigan State, for my money, is the worst program in the Big Ten right now. Uh, considering the chaos that that program is in, not even that. Yeah. It's the they have talent and they're underperforming that talent. They don't know I who know. their quarterback is. I know. We're halfway through the season, y'all. <clears throat> they're going to get their asses handed to them mm-hmm. at home. The student yeah. section will be empty by the end of the third quarter. Yeah, as it should be. Mm-hmm. They will. My have suggestion their is just stay in the parking lot and 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 don't go to the game. But anyway. <clears throat> Which brings us to uh, a very, very intriguing matchup. The big noon kickoff game on Fox. Arguably the best game of all the college football season so far. Your number three rated Ohio State Buckeyes versus the seventh ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. Holy bleep. You mean Nittany Lions, right? Nittany. Nittany. No. The Fighting James Franklins. Um, Did you see that James Franklin, by the way, said he has a uh, uh, coach crush on uh, Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State? Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> um, so Penn State going into the horseshoe against Ohio State. My question for both of these teams is how consistent can their offense be? Whoever is more consistent on offense is going to win this game, and I've got no clue. Um, I, I think there's 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 certainly questions that that need to be answered in this game, and this is why I think the winner, especially if it's Penn State, if, if Penn State wins this game, they're going to win the Big Ten. The reason why I say that is because James Franklin has been needing to prove himself against Ohio State and Michigan for the last few years. This is one of those moments, and I think that this is probably one of his best moments to be able to do that, considering the struggles on the Ohio State offensive line, because they haven't been able to run the ball very well. Yeah, they ran all right last week, but they also have been injured at running back. Uh, they played a red shirt last week, and um, they played at Purdue. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. not not a, not not exactly a test of a run game, if you ask me. No, no, um, I, there's no doubt about that. No I, I think this game would be the, the bigger test in terms of what's that offensive line going to do against that defensive line from Penn State? Because um, I, I, I think Penn State has a pretty good defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, And I think this is probably the best defense Ohio State has probably played all season. So w- 
that that to me is you know if if Ohio State's going to be clicking on all cylinders, they have to have a healthy run game and a healthy pass game. I think they'll have a healthy pass game. I mean, Kyle McCord, eleven TDs, one interception all season. No, um, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't doubt that yeah. at all. I think ultimately it comes down to if Penn State's defense is for real and they can make some stops here, yeah. versus the opposite for Penn State's offense. Can they get the motor running uh, mm. quick enough? I just don't because know. Ohio State's Ohio State's defense is not. They, they may not be. I don't know if they're the number one defense. They, they were at one point this season. I don't think they uh, still total are. Total defense. But, I think they're third in the country. But yeah, again, I, so, I also so question my, the, a my little point bit of is the, this. Yeah. My my point my point being is, I don't think Penn State's played a defense like Ohio State either. I'm actually going Ohio State in this game mm-hmm. by, three. I by three. I'm going to go Ohio State in this game by thirteen. Actually. Because I, I, what I end up okay. thinking is that uh, um, the quarterback for Penn State, Drew Aller, right? Um, uh-huh. He's had some struggles, and, and I think they're going to exploit that. Um, the other part is, unless Penn State's defense can stop Marvin Harrison Jr., that's a problem for them. Um, right. And, and if and he I gets think... going, you're in trouble. And, and that's I think the... ultimately, I think, at home, mm. I think the the... Offensive questions for Penn State are greater than they are for Ohio State, and that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go Buckeyes. I'm going to trust it, and I'm going to trust it large. I'm going to trust them to start rolling that ball down the hill, and uh, Penn State's going to be in trouble in the second half. Well, and I think I think the injuries for Ohio State will be interesting too because Travion Henderson hasn't played the last two sure. weeks, and then Amika Buka is, is also out. So yep. I don't know if either of them are playing this weekend or not. Yep. If they are, look yep. out. All right. So, Pat. We've got our NFL picks in in what I think is the worst NFL week of matchups ever. Like I cannot remember a week that like there's legitimately just one game that anybody should care about, and it's the Dolphins Eagles matchup of five really? and not one the, teams. Not, not the Lions Ravens, really? No, nobody should care about that game. Why? Because the Lions are the Lions are running away with that division. the The Ravens are likely to run away with that division as well. Um. That's kind of how things are separating themselves out right now, right? Um, I mean, that's fair. Also, is that really a game that... I guess, does the game matter? No, that's my point. Okay. Um, So, but with that being said, you are a Ravens fan, so we're going to predict that game. Lions are going to the Ravens, correct? Uh, Yes. All right, so and then I'm going to go Lions in this matchup. Um, I think their defense matches up very well with a Lamar Jackson-led attack, um, and that freaking offense for Detroit is fun to watch. They're 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 the most fun non-Packers team for me to watch in the NFL. They're just fun. This is the best Lions team I think that I can ever remember. Um, oh n- no, this isn't the best. It, it, the, Barry Sanders led teams. Uh, some of them have were the best. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. say they're the best and not include Barry Sanders. Well, well, that, but um, I'm saying that I can remember. I don't remember Barry Sanders very well, so that's because yeah. you're a youngin. All right. So then uh, we also have my Packers and Broncos. Uh, the Packers going to the Broncos in this matchup, I believe, if I'm correct. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I got I got Green Bay in this matchup. I defensively they've got enough. They also get Eric Stokes back, um, one of the corners, one of the star players. We'll see 
how much he actually plays or if he plays, but just having the ability to to bolster that, I Broncos are terrible horrible. So uh, this is a hot garbage game for me. Oh yeah, it absolutely is. But it, it's, it's an important game for the Packers. They have to win this because the the next. Take a look at the schedule after this, Pat. Do me a quick favor for the Packers. Not good. I know that. Yeah. If they don't win this game, uh, they're in some serious dog doo doo. Vikings, Rams, at Steelers, Chargers, at Lions, Chiefs, Giants, uh, Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. Um, yeah, Ouch. I don't like the rest of your schedule. I mean, I like the Viking matchups and the Bear matchup, but well, uh, sure, but because they're bleep. both worse garbage than you. Because that's so that would be one, two, three wins. I mean, I can see, I can see you getting one over the Lions potentially, but that depends. Yeah, but it's Thanksgiving and things are really, really weird. Crap happens in that matchup between the Packers and and Lions. Lest you forget, Indomitian Sue stomping on the junk of of a uh, an offensive lineman and not having that called. And lest you forget, yeah. uh, Doinks and uh, yeah, that, that's crazy bad. interceptions and calls and whatever. So, um. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but uh, I mean, I'm going the Packers and the Broncos matchup, yeah. but I, I'm tempted. Do I start Jordan Love in my fantasy team over Lamar Jackson? I would. I would. But um, the other game to to mention for me is a game of uh, one team is way I didn't see it coming, and the other is they've got some potential, and that's the Falcons Bucks matchup in the NFC South with the with the Buccaneers playing some really good football. They are. Look at Baker what happened last week. Right? right there. Uh huh. Look at look at their game last week. Yeah, that, that was impressive. It was. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in this matchup. I, Desmond Ritter for me is getting slowly better and better. Um, he has produced better and better as of late. Uh, but there's a lot to to not like about this matchup for them. At at home at home with Tampa Bay though. Um, yeah, I'd go Tampa Bay in that too, but not by a lot, but yeah. And then we've got the, yeah. And then we've got the marquee of marquee matchups, the dolphins and the Eagles. Again, speaking of fun though, the dolphins are fun. If you get a chance to watch them and that's been part of part of the problem. I watched them beat Denver. Right. Into the ground. Yes. Yeah. They're fun. They're bringing fun to the national football league. Um, British show on grass. Do they win their division this year? They have a very good chance of doing that, don't they? Yeah, they're running away with it right now. I mean, the, the Bills are the only ones that are close to them, but... The Jets, with what they did, mm-hmm. are not that far off. The only team that's really kind of sort of totally out of it is uh, New England. Uh, they're New England, 1-5. Yeah. They're a shadow of their former selves. Oh, yeah. Uh, but with that being said, uh, in this matchup, you've got the speed, the fun of the Dolphins against that Eagles defense, and then you've got the Eagles offense that is underrated for its own speed and funness. Uh-huh. The, the fun factor in this game, this is, uh, like, I'm not, if my wife doesn't want to watch, right, um, outside of the Packers, we I might be amenable most of the Sunday nights to not watching the game. Uh-huh. This is must see TV. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You've got two of the 
most fun teams in the NFL going at it. Uh, yes, please. Um, I'm going to go Eagles in this one just because they're at home. But that's it. That's the only reason I'm going with the Eagles. Like, I... I could totally see the Dolphins winning that game. The Alabama quarterback versus Alabama quarterback matchup in this game is fun as well. Didn't wait a minute. Didn't Jalen Hurts go to Oklahoma? Oh. He also went to Alabama. Well, he did, but he transferred. Right because of Tua. Yeah. Um. I. Hmm. Here's the issue I have. With um, Achney, the 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 uh, running back being out, they they then replaced him with Jeff Jones, who came back, right? And and they just replaced like for like in terms of speed. Uh, I'm riding the Tyreek Hill, um, for MVP train. That's what I'm riding. That's a, that's a good pick for MVP too. Yeah. Uh, wow. Speaking yeah. of fun and speed, um. I think he's the difference maker. I think the Dolphins win this matchup in a uh, hello NFL moment. This is the best Dolphins team I've seen in a while, too. Yeah, definitely since Marino, for sure. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, they've been relatively hot garbage ever since Marino left, but uh, well, it's neither here nor there. I would have said this about them last year until Tua got hurt again. So, I mean, it depends if they can stay healthy. Oh, sure. But, I mean, they're setting themselves up to be... Uh, the talk of the NFL if they can win this matchup. Uh, oh, just out of curiosity, what about Chargers Chiefs? Who cares? Because that could be a good game too. No, it won't. The Chiefs will rock all over them. That's, mm. that's not. Eh, the Chargers are not that great. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Okay. Fair I mean, enough. they're they're kind of in the Packers territory as far as I'm concerned. They might be able to win a game. They might lose it more than most likely. No. Oh. So with that being said, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Um, don't get lost. Remember yep. who you are. Yep. No means no. Why? Because it means no, Andrew. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, go Buckeyes. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew, 547. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.